0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. I got something I want to talk about to you.
1: Welcome to Communication Mixdown, I'm Reema Rattan. This evening, I'm talking to a researcher from University of Technology, Sydney, Dr. Sarah Atfield, about her recently published book, Class on Screen. The book analyzes representations of the global working class in films. Film can shape and shift discussions of class, and the book aims to provide an interdisciplinary study of the ways in which working class experience is portrayed through this medium. There's a lot to talk about, so let's dive in. I'll let Sarah introduce herself.
0: Hi, I'm Sarah Atfield. I'm a lecturer at University of Technology Sydney and I'm a film studies scholar, popular studies scholar and poet and with a particular interest in working class representation across all forms of media and art, whatever.
1: So you've written a book called Class on Screen, Sarah. What motivated
0: you to write this book? That's a good question and a difficult one. Motivation, I think, was just, well, I love of film that started off when i was a teenager just always loved film but, but loving film but not always seeing myself and my working class community represented in those films and then as i sort of got more into watching films from all around the world i realized that quite often working class people were left out so i suppose what motivated the book is to try to bring to light some of the, the representations of working class life that are out there around the world and to show how diverse the global working class are and how these representations are really important and significant for working class people around the world. So that's the main motivation. I suppose it's a bit of a labor of love really based on my own kind of fandom of the films but also seeing a a gap there in terms of representation of working class people.
1: Now representation is something you talk about a lot in the book and as you say, representation is a key to it. Why is representation important? Why is it important for people to see themselves or their class or something they can identify? I mean this is something that's quite common. I mean I'm a a person of colour, you know, you often hear it's important to see it. Why do you think it's important?
0: I think representation is really important because it's it's through representation, particularly in popular culture and media, that we that we learn about each other. And so, when you don't see certain groups of people represented, you you can't know about them. Or if you only see groups of people represented in negative or stereotypical ways, you only know a very limited version of them. So, representation is important if it's done if it's done well, in my opinion, because it can for a, for a start it can educate people into what it's like to be working-class person or a person of any other kind of identity formation but it's also really important for the for people themselves to see themselves represented in different ways whether it's on screen or in print to show that their stories and their lives are important and have value and that they're they're a significant part of society because if you never see yourself represented it can it can have this effect where you can feel that you're not that important or you're not that worthy or you don't have a real kind of important role to play in society if you're always excluded so it works on both ways it works for those who want to see themselves represented but it also works to educate and inform those who are looking at those representations who might be from other groups as well so that's why i think it's really important some people might kind of argue that representation in itself is not enough and that's true you need all sorts of things around that as well but it is it is an important aspect i think because we consume so much popular culture so we do it all the time on a daily basis is you know one thing we do a lot of i think
1: yes and passively without even knowing we're doing it often
0: oh I yeah mean, i say that to students because they'll say oh i don't know and i'll say well you have you listened to music today oh yeah uh you know have you watched anything on a screen today oh yeah, yeah. well there it is. You walk past it. a
1: billboard, you walk past some posters. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, the you yeah. clothes you're wearing or the sporting
0: team that you're following, it's all popular culture.
1: When you were talking about representation, I, I sort of, my ears perked up when you said it's not important by itself. What are other features
0: of that landscape? Well, that's the real, that's the big stuff. That's right. the big picture. That's, that's where you're you know, trying to dismantle structures that lead to discrimination or oppression. So, I mean, in a way, the representation is the easy bit. You know, you can you can make a film that represents people who've been historically excluded but it's much harder to disrupt to dismantle structures of racism or classism or, or you know patriar- patriarchy sexism and all those kinds of things so they go along together because you know when you have this kind of a more nuanced and more diverse representations of people from different kinds of groups then that those people become less othered in society and so that is one sort of I suppose one aspect of that dismantling process is to have that kind of diverse and and nuanced representation it's not enough to just be diverse it has to be nuanced it has to be it has to be like all of the people all of the time in all the different ways yeah you can't just have like you know one type of working class person or you know one type of you know woman or 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 whoever the group is so so you're just creating a
1: stereotype that way i suppose
0: exactly and there are lots of you know there are many many examples of those (laughs) of course which is why you know what i'm interested in is in particular in terms of film, is where I think it does have that nuance or at least it tends to have that kind of nuance rather than, you know, the stereotypes that existed previously.
1: So another, I guess, danger and, and something that sort of kept popping in my mind in, in certain sections of your book was the danger of kind of evaluating films in terms of representation. You could, all, I could almost feel like I could start to build a picture of what your ideal sense of the working class was. You know, I was kind of re- reverse engineering from your judgments of films what working class is to you. And I guess in a way, it's sort of there's a homogenizing that's taking mm. place. Can you can you talk a bit about that? The, the danger of that, I suppose. It's the reverse. Yes. It's it's the reverse stereotype. It's the opposite of the stereotype. Or, or is it? I, I don't know. Go on.
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean, I understand because, I mean, obviously there are films that I like, Yes. Yeah, you know, because for my own, you know, my own, when I even put the sort of scholar side of things aside, I just like them because I think they do a good job or they speak to me in some kind of way. There are others that um, I might sort of look at in a more, in a more sort of scholarly way that maybe they're not my favorites, but I think they do something really interesting. But um, yeah, I think, look, I think that idea of homogenizing is... is it's a trap you can fall into and you need to be careful at the same time when you're, you know, particularly when you're kind of doing a piece of scholarly work, you do tend to have to use some kind of generalizations as well. It's, that's a really difficult thing to, to balance out. I think is that, you know, the trap of falling into too many generalizations, which creates that kind of homogeneity or, um, or not putting your finger or anything. So it becomes too kind of vague or abstract. Yeah. So So what are you saying? Exactly. So for me, working class people are real people because they're they're the people I know. You know, that's where I come from. That's my family. That's my that's all my old friends. They're they're the people I know. So to me, it seems quite obvious. Mm. (laughs) But, you know, but it isn't obvious to everybody. And so I suppose, you know, you need something in there that sort of provides some kind of some sort of parameter. And I suppose you're right. You know, the films that I've picked out, particularly the ones that it's quite clear that I I value in the book, because I'm a bit more critical about than others. Are the ones that I think represent working class people in a way that shows commonalities between um, working class people around the world but also presents the, the differences as well that occur because obviously people in in one place in one set of circumstances are not going to have the same experience as those in other circumstances in other parts of the world so so yeah look, I, I understand it. that is a tricky one That's sort of how to how to avoid that i don't know i don't really have an answer to that really i think you balance it quite well in the book
1: to be honest you were kind of condemning of the gang movies which look i don't watch a lot of them either <laughs> you know I, they are kind of formulaic but you kind of thought they were playing to stereotypes but that might be the reality
0: yeah of people oh no ab- absolutely i mean there is there is definitely the reality i think I think the problem I had with those films, and it's not necessarily that I had a problem with each individual film, because some of them I really like. I think they're really well made. Performances are amazing. They do some really nice things filmically. I think the problem I had is that it's just, it's really hard to find any alternative to those films, particularly in the that that genre, like you described, of the young men, um, usually from ethnic minority backgrounds in working class urban areas, who, you know, for whatever reason, get involved with drugs or gangs. I think partly because the they tend to have a very similar storylines that started to slightly irritate me just from a, you know, from
1: yeah, filmmaking perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: it's like, okay, you know, but I mean, not to, I mean, there's plenty of formulaic films that I quite like too, but you just felt there we really weren't, at the moment to, to date anyway, not that many alternatives. So even though they are representing a reality, it's really important to represent that reality. What I think would be cool to see would be some other types of realities also represented that are different. But then you can then you can see the story of the young man who um, gets involved with with the gangs, street life. You know because that that happens and it shouldn't be ignored. But then you can also see the life of a of a young man in that same kind of community who you know does something else. Who I don't know might sound sound very mundane. You know decides to go to uni or be a plumber or. i don't know sounds like a french film (laughs) yeah after stray cats and dogs or whatever it is he wants to do play music there just doesn't seem to be much of that yet Mm -hmm. so i think that's where where i became more critical um of those films when i started looking at them as a like a group as a genre not not as them as individual films because each of those films that i've just seen because i've seen all these films as as just like a film fan Mm. i'm like yeah i really like that that's really yeah that's really good that that seems really authentic you know you're not allowed to say things are authentic, but that seems really (laughs) authentic. And then when I started thinking of them as a group of films, like, no, there's a flaw here. There's just something, there needs to be more. Yeah. You know, something, something a bit different that just speaks of a different experience, I think.
1: Something I felt was missing in your analysis, but possibly because it's not in the films, is not being able to imagine... An alternative society creates parameters on our imagination what are possibilities for your life it was sort of missing when we're talking when you're talking about the diaspora films but i think that's because the films didn't possibly deal with that
0: well well, that's what i think i think that's one of my main criticisms of them is that they generally don't look at the kinds of structures and systems that lead to the individuals making the choices that they make they they tend to focus on the individuals and the choices as if they're as if they are making just good or bad choices and sometimes there are some circumstances in there that explains a little bit but they don't really look at those structures so so we we meet these young men when they're already involved in some gang activity we don't meet them when they're yeah when they're at school and the careers advisor is telling them oh you know kids like you won't amount to anything which happens you know and still does to this day or words that affect at least so we don't we don't meet them we don't we don't follow them on that path that they may have experienced of, you know, of the sort of barriers that they are faced due to their class, but also the sorts of discrimination they've faced um, due to their race or ethnicity or religion. We don't we don't get that kind of, that doesn't really come through in most of these films. It's, it's there a little bit, but it's mostly, again, it's down to individuals. So an individual might meet, have an encounter with another individual who might be racist or might be discriminating against them in some way but we don't we don't see the structures that allow that to happen or that reinforce that kind of behavior so we see so individuals that's, that's,
1: but not how they formed is what you're saying
0: yeah yeah and i think that's what i think that is what's missing and you know at the risk of trying to create some kind of epic film that <laughs> that shows that I think there are ways that those structures can be illustrated
1: Actually yeah that was going to be my next question and the careers advisor is a good is a good example but how do you illustrate because these are works of art right this is cin- cinematic yeah. art and yeah I, sometimes it cha- I, I chafed against you're trying to straight jacket the, <laughs> you know it, it's kind of it's the story but it's not it's also a political statement all, all, all art is in a way even if it doesn't yeah. Try to be. How do you illustrate those sorts of structures, I suppose, that you're talking about?
0: Yeah, look, again, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's, you know, the risk of wanting the filmmaker to do all of the things that I want them to do. They can Um, just do a
1: couple uh, from your list of 10.
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And then, but then also make a film that is is really beautifully made and, you know, that has all the other ticks, all the other boxes of what makes a, a beautiful piece of cinema. That's a big ask of, of anybody to do in, a, you know, in, in two and a half hours. So it is difficult, but I mean, there are ways to, I suppose, to illustrate that. I mean, there is are shortcuts you can you can include in film because the visual medium. You don't necessarily have to explain everything. Sometimes you can just show something. For example, can, give,
1: give us some illustrative
0: examples. Uh, I suppose um, I suppose it's something that maybe somebody like Ken Loach does well in that he'll often situate his characters within an institution. That they're having to that they've they've been they're facing discrimination within so whether for example that's the you know being in Centrelink and and being there and dealing with the kind of bureaucracy and the and all the sorts of things that go along with trying to navigate your way through a cent, the Centrelink system or equivalent or more kind of um yeah, thing, things that happen in school, I suppose, as well, if you're looking at films about young people, mm. where there, there is you know, an indication that, that teachers can be sometimes very unaware of their classism, for example, in the yeah. way they treat, treat their students. Yeah, the, I think the institutions, I think, you know, those big, those big institutions, are the ones that are really important, I think when they're illustrated in that way, I think it helps to provide some of that background structure. Yeah, rather than just being so kind of closed in around the individual. I want filmmakers to make the films I like, you see, that's the problem.
1: I don't think that's <laughs> a terrible thing. You clearly have good taste.
2: If you or someone you care for is struggling with a mental illness or other disability and you need someone to talk to, you can call the Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities as well as their family, friends, and carers. We're here to talk if you are feeling socially isolated, seeking information about mental health or mental health services, or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Huawei's Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Huawei's Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., excluding public holidays. So if you're struggling yourself, or are struggling to help someone else, please call Wellway's helpline on one 300 500 That's one 300 500 Wellway supports 3CR.
1: You're with Communication Mixdown on 3CR Community Radio, and I'm talking to Dr. Sarah Atfield about her recent book, Analyzing How the Working Class is Represented in Films. I spend too much time on Twitter periodically. And last week, I think, I stumbled on a film called My Dinner with Andre. It's an American film, and it, oh. there's some really interesting things about it. The whole thing is just a conversation between the struggling playwright and, and Andre. It was quite a radical film, in fact, mm-hmm. you know, because it basically it's, it's two people having dinner and talking for hours. You know, critics loved it and all these sorts of things, but nobody noticed class in it which he thought right, was yeah. really obvious. For him, it was obvious because he, he plays the awkward playwright, you know, who, got, who has no money, who comes to this fancy restaurant to meet his friend, who's very comfortable with the French menu, explains things, and, and sort of holds forth through the dinner. Nobody notices this about the film, that this is a strong statement on class, you know, these two men who are sitting down eating and there are people working around them, you know and and, and one is a starving artist and one is this rich guy who can who can speak French, you know, obviously, who, who, who ends up paying. And, and that was really interesting to me. And I feel like in a way that sort of the role of critics is really interesting and how, I mean, I don't know how many people read film criticism or how seriously or watch films because they have read uh, a review. But I wonder if films are
0: defanged in that way yeah. by critics. No, I think so. And again, this is not to disparage any individual critics because, you know, you can't help what class you're born into. It just, you just you are what you are in that respect. But it does tend to be, you know, quite a middle class dominated profession. And I think because of that, critics can often miss those class elements in films. There's things they don't pick up on this or there's things they just don't get that maybe a working class viewer would get because they understand what it feels like to be in that position that you, for example, that you've just described, you know, feeling, feeling uncomfortable and awkward when you feel out of your class comfort zones, type of thing and also i think they can sometimes misread other things in a negative way sometimes they'll they'll read certain kind of characters or events that happen in a in a film that has working class characters as being as being really grim or miserable where whereas a working class viewer possibly might actually find some humor in it mm. or see something else and or see
1: resilience where they kind of see
0: a struggle right yeah, exactly, and see see a kind of a strength that is not quite understood, uh, maybe by somebody who hasn't had that class experience. Uh, I've seen that a bit I, in, for example, the films of the British filmmaker, Andrea Arnold, who's made a, a few films about young working-class women. And the, the way they've kind of been reviewed, and they're very positive reviews. So the critics love her films. So they, So this is what's kind of weird. So they're very positive reviews, but they often, in the ones that I've read, most of the ones I've read about her films, they don't mention class at all, even. And again, they put it back down onto the individual as being, as being what the characters do that might not be the best things to do. is just based on individual choice rather than you know, them responding to their environment or their circumstances and the sorts of structures of, you know, that have held them back or the obstacles they face. So, so I think that, that does happen. I've seen that quite a few times. And even when I've been watching things after I've read a review about it, I think, well, I just think they've missed something. I just don't get it. You know, maybe I'm just seeing something a little bit different because maybe because I recognise the people in that film, because they're like my family or friends, my uh, my neighbours. You know, my well, maybe my you're community. just a more intelligent viewer. I don't think it's that. I just think it's a recognition thing. You know, because I'm you know if I watch something that's based around the lives of purely upper class people, I'm I'm going to miss things because there's stuff about that. Kind of world i don't understand and the same if i'm watching you know films about you know people from a, a, a culture that's really different to mine I, i've not had any experience with i'm going to miss things because i don't understand that culture you know so i don't think it's i don't think it's intentional i don't think it's you know they're doing it on purpose i just think they miss they miss stuff
1: and this is the danger with filmmaking in itself as well yeah.
0: because most critics may be
1: middle class but most filmmakers are middle class
0: oh absolutely yeah absolutely and that's why you know most films are not about working class people because you know they're not the sorts of stories that maybe those filmmakers are interested in and a lot i mean there are a lot of the the films that i'm talking about in the book a lot of the filmmakers do come from working class backgrounds but there are a lot that don't as well and they have, they do have an interest and you know i think that's kind of fascinating when a middle class or even upper class filmmaker will choose to make a film about working class people. I'm interested in their motivations there. Sometimes I think they do it well, sometimes I'm not so sure. But but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a middle class dominated profession, whether it's within the filmmaking, within the criticism, and now more increasingly, particularly in um, places like the UK, acting is becoming a very middle class profession. There It's much harder now for working class, and it's the same in Australia as well. It's probably the same you know, in, in America and other parts of the world. It's much harder now for working class kids to get into that as a profession because, you know, it's harder to um, earn a living and there's less opportunities for studying drama and so on at school in working class communities. So it's, it's becoming quite entrenched in that way. So you're not getting the you're kind of old school working class people coming coming up through the acting ranks anymore. It's interesting. So that,
1: I, I think all of the culture industry is more and more being... I mean, maybe it always was. And maybe there was just a small window in the in the middle of the last century that allowed people to kind of come through.
0: Yeah, it's true. And then, yeah, also that has that kind of flow on effect because, you know, if you're responsible for hiring people, you tend to hire people who are like you. You know, that's the sort of psychology of it. So they're more likely to hire people in their same class and who share their ethnicity and all that kind of stuff. So it makes it, narrows it even further. If the people who are in charge of the hiring, in charge of making decisions are – not coming from you know more diverse kind of backgrounds.
1: To what extent do you think this sort of emphasis on the individual that you've kind of identified rather than looking at structural issues, I kind of, when I was reading your book, I kept thinking, I wonder to what extent neoliberalism and that sort of atomizing effect it's had throughout society, not just not just economically, but I think on a social level, to what extent do you think that's playing into the sorts of representations we're getting that don't highlight structural issues, but highlight individuals?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's all, it has to be connected because, you know, those filmmakers are, you know, they've, they've been, we've seen generations now, this kind of, I suppose, education, you know, it all, all sort of falls under this umbrella, doesn't it? Um, this neoliberal kind of umbrella. So, yeah, I mean, it's that focus on the individual... It's just so kind of accepted and common, I suppose, and less of that focus on the the collective. So, I mean, if you know filmmakers are going are being educated in a sort of neoliberal kind of um, institution, then it makes sense that that's gonna
2: mm.
0: that's gonna flow on. It's really hard to sort of think outside of that and to act outside of that. And when you when um, artists do what they create is very different. From everything else, and maybe that's more difficult for them to get that work then accepted and out there. You, you know the kinds of the kinds of works that are more, I suppose, you know, in line with committed Marxist art that are about the collective and collective struggle are, are probably diffi- more difficult to sell to an audience who wants a story about a person or a group of people who are going through their own personal kind of dramas or struggles, and then get to the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 definitely harder a harder sell and. I mean, it's interesting when I show some of those kinds of films, the more collective focused films to my students, they often find them a bit difficult to get into. They don't quite have the same connection. So, for example, one of the films that we've we've shown over the years is by the um, Senegalese filmmaker, Osman Senben, whose films were created specifically to educate people in his own African communities. He saw that as his kind of role as an educator. And so the films are didactic, and it's about the collective, and it's about the a group of people who work together to make a change, and it's not about the individual at all. And so because of that, my my students have often found those difficult to connect with because they, they can't quite they can't quite relate to any one person who they're following through a you know a narrative arc. They takes them a lot. They have to really rethink the way they the way they're viewing the film and what they're getting out of it to be able to appreciate it. when they do when they get that when they have that shift then they understand and they like it but it can be a bit of a struggle for them when they're just so not used to that i suppose
1: yeah i mean they're used to superhero movies there's a a massive
0: resurgence
1: right in the last yeah 15 or 20 well
0: that's it about the individuals who can and even though the superheroes kind of i mean they sort of work together but they but they actually it's their one specific individual superpower that's important it's not usually them all combined doing the thing they're individually doing the thing together if that makes sense
1: yeah they're any- not
0: like captain planet, you know like captain planet they all had to come together and even if they kind of combine a couple of them together it's still it's still quite individual based and you still have to kind of connect with that superhero's personal kind of journey too you know in any kind of story of adversity there's not usually just one player is there you know there's usually a whole team of people who are involved in the overcoming of that adversity in, in whatever it is and whether that's a you know a wider kind of collective action or whether it's within a community or even a family it's it's generally it's generally a collective kind of action or response that has the best effect in the end rather than just the one person trying to vanquish whatever the adversity is that i think that really kind of really works probably does it probably can't anyway people just have to act with others to make things better i think
1: that was dr sarah atfield talking to me about her book class on film that's all we have time for today this is my last show for the year so i hope you have a good break communication mixdown will be back one last time next week before 3cr goes into our summer programming and i have a special treat for you in this time slot we're going out today with a song chosen by sarah this is dolly parton with nine to (laughs) five
2: want to move ahead But the boss won't seem to let me I swear sometimes that man is out to get me mm-hmm. They let you dream just to watch him shatter You're just a step on the boss man's ladder But you've got dreams he'll never take away same boat with a lot of your friends waiting for the day your ship will come in and the tide's gonna turn and it's all gonna roll your way working nice goodbye